Well, thank you so much for being here. This is a, a big day for me, and I, the first thing I thought that we could do is all just take a second, because I always forget to do this when I'm on stage, and just take a deep breath in, everybody. <sighs> okay, nice, we did it together. All right, so over the past few weeks, we have been going through our open series. This series has been an opportunity for us um, to really look at what the Bible says about being open and what it means to being a welcoming community of believers. Uh, tough feet, really. To... So Acts 2.42, they devoted themselves to the apostles, teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and they had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple. They broke bread in their homes and they ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. So I'm just going to pray. Dear God, thank you so much for today. God, thank you so much that you have given me this opportunity. I pray that you would just be with me, that you would help me. Um, speak clearly, God, as to what you want to say. Um, I pray that through this whole thing that you're glorified and your goodness is glorified and your love is glorified and that um, if I don't get across what I'm going to say, God, I pray that people would just dive deeper into the word and and really think about um, the things that were said today. Thank you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. Can I get my water? Dry mouth is a real thing when you're nervous. (laughs) No. Um, So as I was reading this verse and praying what I was going to speak about this week, God challenged me. Why don't I always do what Acts 2 says? What holds me back from being an open and genuine community with people? So when I was growing up, uh, we only went on one vacation ever, and that was Nelson, B.C. Um, If we were going somewhere, it was Nelson, B.C. So I was around 12 years old this this summer, and um, my younger sister decided she wanted to get her ears pierced at Claire's. So if anybody knows me, um, you know that I am slash was terrified of all needles. Um, And my mom knew this. So my mom was like, you can just sit outside of Claire's and like wait for your sister to be done. You'll be fine. Um, So I went and sat outside on the bench by myself. And all I could think of while I was sitting there was my sister is getting a giant needle through her ear. And if you know anything about, like, the ear piercing guns, you know that the needle's, like, not big at all, and that it definitely doesn't hurt. Um, but at that moment, there were two Haley's in my mind. There was one Haley that was like, you can do this. Like, this is going to be, like, so easy. Like, your sister's going to be fine. Nothing to worry about. And the other Haley was like, good Lord, your sister is going to bleed out and die on the floor by this needle. Um, so I was really psyching myself out. And I was really terrified. And as I sat there, I kind of started to feel a tad woozy. And I I was like, maybe I should, like, walk back into Claire's and just, like, walk it off. So I I stood up, and I was walked back into Claire's, and my older sister was there as well. And she was looking at a bunch of earrings on a display rack. So I went to, like, tap her on the shoulder. But, like, as I was walking, I was like, I feel like I'm going to faint. I feel like I'm going to faint. Like, I got real woozy. And she, like, brushed me to the side. Um, which fair, because like, there was really nothing to be scared of at all. As you can tell, my sister's here and she really likes this story because she lived through it. Um, and so my sister like nudged me to the side and as she nudged me, I like slowly started to fall 
into the darkness that overtook me and I fainted into one of those giant Claire's earring displays, which is hilarious. This is, so as I woke up, I realized that one of the like long things that holds all the earrings that like hooks it had literally pierced through my ear. And I had inadvertently pierced my ear by the display rod. So anyways, it was a great time. A firefighter came. He like lift, I'm serious. He lifted me to like the walk-in clinic. I got stitches and then I fainted after my, it was, it was a real life lesson for me. Um, so in the moments while I was waiting for my sister to get her ears pierced, I was terrified. I let fear take over all my emotions. And in times of fear, I find that there are two major outcomes that always arise, anxiety and isolation. So while waiting for my sister, I completely pushed away all reality from my mind. I was in my own head and allowed anxiety to creep in. Conjuring up the worst case scenarios in my mind, I pushed away all reasoning. I isolated myself by leaving the situation and sitting on the mall bench, letting my own thoughts consume me, and letting what I knew to be true get pushed out by fear. As we have been going through this series, one area that has really been highlighted in my life is this constant cycle that I struggle with of fear, anxiety, and isolation. Fear and anxiety are sometimes hard to distinguish, and I really struggled to, to make it, the differences clear, but I came up with a, a pretty ingenious way, I think. So let's think of it like this. You see a giant spider, and you get terrified, and you freak out and try to run away, but you get bit. Uh, once you get bit, you, it should be, ouch, I got bit, polysporin, band-aid. Like, it should be simple. Um, but anxiety amplifies it to a whole new level. After you get bit, you can't stop thinking about your spider bite. What if it's infected? <laughs> what if you have an allergic reaction? What if it was a poisonous spider? So you go on WebMD in the middle of the night, <laughs> and you look up all the possible side effects that are way over the top and unrealistic. That's what anxiety is. Isolation comes in when you, you tell your then-boyfriend, now-husband, what you think is wrong and all the possible deadly diseases that you have contracted. He looks at you and tells you you're completely fine and there's nothing to worry about. And although it sounds like he's probably right, you don't listen. You choose to push away reason, and you cling to your self-diagnosed mutant spider bite. It actually was from BC, just so everyone's clear, so you really don't know in BC. <laughs> BC is not a, good, not a good place for me to go, apparently. So this week, I pretty much lived through this entire sermon. I went through this cycle of fear, anxiety, and isolation over and over again. And I know that it's not just me that deals with these things, that we all go through this. The fear that we aren't good enough, or the fear that we don't control or know the outcome of situations, it affects our ability to love ourselves and others. Allowing fear to control our decisions and emotions, fear can take hold of areas of our life, and sometimes we don't even realize it. We aren't surrendering all things to God, we are just surrendering some things. Sometimes our fear can be subtle, and we don't realize that's what it is. We make excuses for why we're not moving forward in areas of our life. When the root is really fear, God does not want us to live in a spirit of fear. When we live in a spirit of fear, we have chosen to not trust God and his plan. 
But I have good news. The cycle is not unbreakable. God's truth and love break through as we continue to seek him. But most of the time, it's often harder to deal with our fears than it is to live with them. A.W. Tozer says this in pursuit of God. There must be a work of God in destruction before we are free. We must invite the cross to do its deadly work within us. We must bring our self-sins to the cross for judgment. We must prepare ourselves for an ordeal of suffering. First off, if you have never read Pursuit of God, you definitely should, because we are reading it in our young adult Bible study, and it says things like that, which wreck you, um, and kind of highlights areas that you, you kind of forgot that you needed to work on. Um, so when I read this passage, I was struck by it. We must invite the cross to do its deadly work within us. I love how it says we. We must invite Jesus in and surrender all areas to him. He won't do it unless we're willing. God never said that becoming more and more like Jesus would be easy, and we forget this. We forget that we need to work at it every single day, that we are at a battle with our sinful nature every single day, and that God wants to set us free from those things. When it comes to the series open, we can so easily think that it's a one and done deal. But being a community that breaks through fear is a daily battle that we need to, to face. As doubt or fear come, we need to consider the feelings or thoughts behind the doubt or fear. Are we putting other opinions or acceptance above God's? Are we giving someone or something else authority over God? Am I trying to avoid the unknown? Am I willing to work through this? Is this thought really true? What does God say? And I love the fact that when we have these questions, which are pretty hard questions, the Bible always has an answer to every single question that we still have. So 1 John 4, 7 to 12 says this. Dear friends, let us continue to love one another, for love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God. But anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. This is real love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. Dear friends, since God loved us that much, we surely ought to love one, each, each other. No one has ever seen God, but if we love each other, God lives in us, and his love is brought to full expression in us. So, a few weeks ago, Seb and I were out for dinner with Pastor Brett and Des, and we were talking about a family that had been coming for a while, um, and they have two daughters, and their daughters were starting to get plugged in and serve and kind of really help us in areas of the church that were lacking before. And I was said to Brett, I'm like, you know, I should probably talk to these girls because, like, I've seen them every week and, like, I've smiled at them, but I've never actually said hi. And he asked me why, which, simple question, but I was like, ooh. I thought, and I thought about it for a second, and I was, and I thought, I haven't done it because I'm afraid they won't think I'm cool, which, deep, dark view into Haley's soul right there, everyone. <laughs> And as we talked about it a little more, I realized that my own fear of rejection and my unrealistic idea of how I needed to know the right thing to say or act a certain way were all things that weren't true. 
all I needed to do was to not be so scared of the outcome I can't control and say hello. As a community and a church, we need to be open-hearted. When we see someone we haven't talked to before or even often, we need to just take the first simple step and say hello. If we say we're a welcoming community of believers but don't actually do it, the enemy is winning. He doesn't want us to be strong. He doesn't want us to be loving. He doesn't want us to be a growing community. He wants to take hold of our fears and let them control our actions and decisions. This is not only about us showing love inside these walls, but to anyone, to the checkout lady, to our coworkers, to our friends and family at home, which is often the hardest. <laughs> Me and Seb and Pastor Brett and Pastor Dez, our job is the same as every single one of yours. And that is to show the perfect love that God has for us to people who have never seen it before. It's all of our responsibility because if he's living through us, then we should be loving like him. We need to ask ourselves, are we truly representing Jesus? And if not, what do I need to surrender to him so he can destroy it and rebuild it in his image? Today, I want to look at three steps to having open hearts by living in God's perfect love. So, I, you know, everyone does three steps. So I thought, play it safe, Haley. Do three. Don't get, don't get ahead of yourself. So the first step is allowing Jesus into our isolation. 1 John 3.23 says this, and this is his commandment. We must believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and love one, an one another just as he commanded us. Those who obey God's commandments remain in fellowship with him and he with them. And we know he lives in us because his spirit he gave us lives in us. In times where I feel fearful and anxious about something in my life, the first thing I do is like go in super defense mode. <laughs> And I was like, it's kind of similar to like a video game that you haven't played before where you're like playing with people that know how and pe then the, like the bad guys kind of start coming at you and shooting you and you like frantically shoot anywhere. You're like shooting and then you start your video game player, you make him jump because you think that if you jump, you won't get shot or die. Um, but that's what I do. I instantly panic and anyone who remotely comes close to me is in the danger zone. Because, like, you know, when you're jumping and then you, at the end of the game, you realize that you shot all of your teammates? Yes. Um, but if I would have just took a breath and calmed myself and invited Jesus into the situation, I would have noticed that my team was beside me the whole time ready to battle the enemy together. In times where you feel frantic and scared, in times where you're pushing teammates away, draw near to Jesus. Close your eyes and let Jesus' presence and peace fill you. John 3.20 says our hearts rest in his presence, that he is greater than our feelings and he knows everything. God knows that we cannot navigate this world alone, that we need to live in community with him and with others. He knows the inner realities of our hearts better than we do. We need to ask Jesus into our isolation. We need to open our hearts to his resurrecting power. We need to spend time with him and give him the opportunity to speak life into us. Don't use your isolation as an excuse to not move forward. Invite not only God, but people into your hard times. Tell people that you trust what you're going through and let them speak love and wisdom into those situations. God can use your times of isolation, times where we feel fearful and scared and do a, and do a work within us. And that amazing work is not just for us alone. 
It's to prepare us for the work God wants to do through us. The second step to an open heart is giving Jesus our anxiety. 1 Peter 5, 6 to 10. So humble yourselves under the mighty power of God, and at the right time he will lift you up in honor. Give all your worries and cares to God. Or in another translation, it says, cast your anxiety on God, for he cares about you. Stay alert. Watch out for the great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Stand firm against him and be strong in your faith. Remember that your family of believers all over the world is going through the same kind of suffering you are. In, the kindness, in his kindness, God called you to share in his eternal glory by means of Christ Jesus. So after you have suffered a little while, he will restore, support, and strengthen you, and he will place you on a firm foundation. Anxiety is often a response to fear. And in the society we live in today, it's almost abnormal if you don't suffer from some form of anxiety. And I know this because I also suffer with it, and I have a lot of people in my life that are going through it as well. And for me, it's like, I don't really have, like, triggers. I just, like, one minute, I'm like, this is the best day ever. And then the next minute, I, like, cannot think straight. And, like, breathing is, like, the hardest thing to do. Um, And that's what anxiety is. Anxiety is distracting. It harms our ability to prioritize, and it fights against contentment and trusting God. Anxiety is not just something we struggle with because of society now. It's something that people have struggled with even back in the Bible. And I always think of David and his Psalms and how in times where he was anxious and scared, he always cried out to God. He cried out to God and he gave him all that was troubling him. Never be ashamed in your times of suffering. God wants us to give everything to him and we need to because we are not strong enough to deal with these things without him. The best thing that has helped my anxiety is prayer, telling God what I'm going through and asking him into my situation. Prayer is a powerful tool that God has given us, that when we ask for anything in his name, he hears it. Prayer helps train our mind to focus on the presence of God, and as this becomes a habit, we are no longer claiming dependency on fear-based emotions like anxiety. In moments of prayer, we are claiming our dependency on God and letting him be in control. Step three is allowing perfect love to drive out fear. 1 John 4, 17 to 18, God is love. Whoever lives in God lives in, whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. This is how love is made complete among us so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment. In this world, we are like Jesus. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear, because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. So, a couple months ago, Seb and I had this conversation about the possibility of me preaching one day, and I remember saying to him, yeah, like, I feel like I could do it, but probably in 10 years. I said 10 years, everybody. And so fast forward to a month ago, and I was just spending time in prayer with God, and I was just asking God to, to stretch me and use me in new ways um, and, and, and point out areas I needed to grow in. And then the next day, I'm not even joking, it was actually the next day, 
uh, Pastor Brett told me I was preaching on March 3rd, and I was like, what the heck? God, I know I prayed that, but like, are you sure that this is like for real? Um, And I could have said no, and I really, really, really wanted to say no because I knew that it was going to be hard, and I knew that I was going to be scared and anxious and terrified, and I also knew that God wanted this for me. I trusted that if I was walking with him, he would help me through the fear and anxiety and stress of it all. And I can honestly say that standing here today, that he was with me through it all. Um, That, yes, it was very painful and stretching, and that every day I had to give it to God. Every day I had to shift my focus from why do I have to do this to how can I use this to glorify God and how can I use this to show people Jesus' love. It's the same with everyday things we do. We need to shift our focus on what Jesus wants for us and what he can do through us instead of thinking someone else will talk to the new person. We should be saying, thank you, Jesus, that there is a new person that just walked through this door. And thank you that they had the courage to walk through their door and that I'm the person that gets to show them your light. If we let fear take hold of us in times where we feel uncomfortable and we feel scared, we can lose sight of the bigger picture. And the bigger picture is that God loves each and every one of us perfectly. That his love is enough and we don't need to know how things will work out. But trust that he will make things work out because he loves people more than we ever could. In 1 John 4, it says, perfect love casts out fear. So what is perfect love? Perfect love serves rather than seeks. It washes the feet rather than having their feet washed. Perfect love is teachable and willing to know more. Perfect love shows us our pride and allows us to humble ourselves. Perfect love calls the sinner his child and sets him free. Perfect love is complete with no traces of doubts. Perfect love is the answer to all our fears. And perfect love is Jesus. Fear cannot exist in the presence of Jesus, so let him in. Let him take control of the things you have been holding on to. Let him fix the problems that you have tried to fix on your own. Humble yourself before him and let his Holy Spirit bring a peace that surpasses all understanding over you. Open your heart to him and let him lord over all the areas of your life. All of us deal with fear and anxiety and isolation to some degree. When it comes to the open series, I hope that many of us realize that we may have fear that's holding us back from coming together as a true community of believers. That in order to move forward, we need to open our hearts fully to what God wants to do. That he wants to use every single one of us to show his love. And maybe you're here and you can relate to some of these struggles. Maybe fear is something you battle and anxiety and isolation have crept into your life. The fact that I am up here on stage today is a testimony. I was terrified out of my mind to preach. But I chose to let God into my fear and he has given me everything I needed to get through it. Fear only controls you if you let it. Trust God with the things that you struggle with. If we are partnering with Jesus we can do all things through Christ. As a community, let's commit to allowing God's perfect love to work through us, 
getting out of our comfort zone and breaking through the barrier of fear. So as a band, as we stand today and sing again, I just want you to take this time to just let his love wash over you. Let those things that you struggle with and give them to him, truly give them to him because he wants to take them from you and he wants to break the chain that is there. And he will, he will. I was so scared to get up here. I literally cried every single day this week because I didn't know if I could do it. And I did it. And that's not just to say like, I'm great. I... I honestly, I could not have done it without Jesus, and we can't do it without Jesus. So put him first. Make him first in your life. Make him first every time you walk through these doors. Make him first. Make him first when you talk to the person that you've been terrified to talk to forever. Put him above what you think you should say, and just trust that he'll make it work out, because he will. 